1: going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Lax Class, uh, take your seats, eyes up front, settle down. Lax Class 135 is about to come your way, and a lot to chew on this week, I should say. as is Jake Elliot, Brad Schellinger with you, and uh, Bradley, let's get you in right off the top here. I know you just... Got off a, a Zoom call, a very sensitive Zoom call, leading up to some minor surgery here coming up. But do you want to discuss that on the podcast before we get rolling?
2: Sure. Uh, <laughs> put it put it bluntly. I, as of this time, two weeks from now, or no, maybe twelve weeks from now, but um, I won't be having any more children. Yeah. Welcome let's to the club, man.
1: Uh, I've had that procedure little... done myself. I'm not going to get into details. but uh, l-
2: No, the... your details are actually great. <laughs> that might be a story oh, for another time. Yeah. But let's just say they don't call him Jumbo because he's, uh, <laughs> he's
1: tall. <laughs> let's just say that. I'll say this. Uh, I When I had my vasectomy done... The doctor told me in his thirty year career that mine was the toughest he has ever done. Three shots, Brad. Not one. Three of them I had to get and and almost passed out on the third one. It was not pleasant.
2: And I need to thank you for bringing <laughs> some reality to me because I was bragging that oh, no needle, no scalpel mm. um, is is the procedure. And they you're lied. saying, no, don't don't kid yourself. It's not exactly as yeah. clean as they make it yeah. as they make it sound. Prepare yourself. But yeah. If- yeah. I was going through the uh, going through the the lists with the doctor on FaceTime today. She's like, okay, you know you got to wear a cup on your arrival. <laughs> you have to wear a cup for two or three days afterwards. Um, you know what 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 are you doing physically these days?" Uh, I, you know I run and I, I run and I go to the gym and I do some weights and stuff, and I coach my daughter's lacrosse team. And she goes, "What's uh, a cross team?" Lacrosse team? So she's seen she's seen hundreds of thousands of shafts over the years. Never ah, one yes. made by a Warrior. Well, or Brian. Well.
1: Sorry. Yes. A Little shaft uh, pun joke there. Well done, Brad Sean. Uh, so well, good luck with that, my friend. Uh, we we truth be told, here we got Willie in the can yesterday. So we recorded Sean Williams, which we will have coming up in quarter two, lacrosse the nation talking whitby Durham, Oshawa, talking about it all with number 51, who just happened to go into the NLL Hall of Fame a few days ago, Brad, which we will talk about uh, coming up here in Mirror Moments as well on the big focus. And we got Quick Sticks and the Stampede Stallion coming up as well. Uh, should we just get right into it here, man? We got a lot to talk about today. Let's let it roll. All right, big focus time. Here we go. big focus big focus focus another than a big focus focus big focus. Big focus, fo- focus big focus 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 uh big focus this week brad i mean it's the biggest focus you can really get 10 count them up 10 names going into this year's nll hall of fame class of 2021 the NOL Hall of Fame is back, and they're loading up here with 10 going in. We were kind of under the impression that it was going to be eight. There weren't going to be any veteran categories added in for this year's class, but a little curveball from the committee as they elect two more veterans. Uh, do you want to run down the list here for the people?
2: Colin Doyle, Kevin Finneran, John Grant Jr., Casey Powell, Sean Williams, Pat McCready, Reggie Thorpe, Steve Toll, Ray, Roy Condon, and Bill Fox. So, yeah, when we had Mike French originally on this podcast back in, like, September when we kicked off Calls to the Hall Series, he basically laid out it was going to be six players getting in, three offense, three defense. You were on that voting committee, so I don't know how much you can
1: yeah, talk no, I'll about tell what you.
2: that ballot looked like, but you were to select three and three and then – they just decided based on, I don't know, was it a tie break here to get the other two guys in or the veterans? Or how did that actually well, shake Well, all
1: I know is that who I voted for, and I and I said I had kind of had to keep that close to my chest until the, the announcement came out. So I'll let you know. I voted for Grant, Doyle, Willie, who I've been on record of, of saying I was going to vote for for a long, long time. Then I went uh, Reginald Thorpe, Pat McCready, and I voted for Glenn Clark. So, Clarkie, uh, man, you're going to get in. Not this year, unfortunately, but yours truly voted for you. So, I'm putting that out there right now. No disrespect to Steve Toll because, honestly, Brad, like when I, when I think about it, like the next guys on my list, if I had to get one more to add on, would have been Steve Toll on the defensive side of things and it would have been Casey Powell on the offensive side of things. And going through our Hall of Fame conversations with all the current NLL Hall of Famers, I think Finneran's name maybe came up more than anybody else's.
2: Well, so do you think then, if Doyle? Let's let's assume Doyle and John Grant Jr. were the no-brainers that everybody voted for. Do you think then it was too close to call between Powell, Williams, and Finneran? or maybe they all like tied ish and then got?
1: Yeah, I, I there's in? probably enough votes. For them to, to step back and go, like, enough people are voting for these guys. Let's let's get them in. I, I don't – honestly, I don't know how that process of adding two more guys worked or happened or whatever. But we were kind of saying, Brad, like, early on in this conversation, like, there's so many people that deserve to be in. Do you just do one massive class this year, get it right, and then – stick to the format moving forward but i think this is what we're going to see moving forward is you're probably going to see like eight to ten guys go in for the next few years here until they kind of catch up with the guys that have missed out on the last five or six years which puts guys in a, in a more difficult position too because if they don't make it in then they get back on the ballot again but you think about that six-year gap of nobody getting in, it's going to be harder for those guys to kind of catch up and get themselves in with, you know, new guys being nominated each and every year.
2: Yeah, and we're really entering, we're we're just before sort of the golden age of of players, right? So, you know, we're of like, the guys that aren't on the ballot right now that will have to be veterans. Are is like the Stainhouse, Jeff Snyder, Billy D. Smith. Yeah. Era. Yeah. Right. So, Gavin Proud, like, those guys are all around the same age group. And then a few years from now, you're going to have guys that are, you know, my age, 35, 36 years old, that are retiring. And then they're going to have to get on the ballot. And, you know, now we're talking like the, the, the Doby Dutch era is coming up. Well, in the Dawson, media, right? Merrill, Dawson, Campbell. And Merrill.
1: Like, yeah. So, so yeah,
2: there's going to be, but I, I've got no problem with it. It's been, it's been so long. I'm glad that these names have been announced. I'm glad that the hall is rolling back out again. And, like all the great highlights of Kevin Feeney that have rolled out this week that I've never even seen before yeah. and people to fall in love with Colin Doyle again and Sean Williams it's just been so special to see these guys get their due.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And our like my only big my biggest concern was when you put too many people in it takes the shine off of the guys that are going in. But honestly, like, I think everybody's pretty happy here that that's going in and, and they're going to get recognized just fine here.
2: And in you know what it does, too, though? I th- it, it might even boost some guys like, you know, like not a lot of people were like Pat McCready's name was thrown out there. But now when you see Pat McCready's name on a list next to Reggie Thorpe and Steve Toll, you might go, oh, he really was that special and go do a little homework on Pat McCready and respect the history a little bit. So, yeah. You know, if you see a lit, you need a name like Kevin Finner in next to Colin Doyle and John Grant Jr. Well, he must have been pretty special. So I think it's there's a roundabout way of of boosting the profile of these guys that we haven't seen on a floor in you know a decade.
1: Yeah, and and I think there probably was a little bit of that as well. Like the young guys, well, I mean, proverbially young, Brad's the Stainhouse, Billy D, like they're gonna get in. I don't think they need to go in on, on their first go here. While well, there's other guys that have kind of been waiting to get in. So I think there might exactly. have been some, some of that. That's that's how my voting process worked anyways. I kind of thought, like, Billy D, House, they're going to get in, just not this year because they're new and, and all the rest of it. So um, while we're on the, the topic here of, of Hall of Famers, Brad, now that there is 10 new NLL Hall of Fame inductees, I think, across the nation after this week takes a little bit of a hiatus 10 weeks shall we say and let's run down the list of the new guys that just went in and so we're like we want to keep this kind of theme and tradition this format going where we've got every single hall of famer that that's in and now we need to get the next 10 done as well you cool with that?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm down for that, and and we're gonna to talk to Sean Williams here in a couple of minutes. But it's all gonna be lacrosse, the nation, Whitby focused, and Willie's already promised us we can. I hope we got that on tape, Jumbo. That he's gonna come back in a in about ten weeks <laughs> yes. and we can chat about his Hall of Fame career. Because our chat with Sean Williams coming up is very Brooklyn MSL. Whitby Miners, Whitby Juniors, yeah. focused and uh, focused, and focus. we'll get into his 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 career a bit uh, a bit later
1: on. Listen, and we so, don't we don't need that on tape, Brad. Willie gives me his word that that he's coming back. I'll, I take that for what it is.
2: Yeah, about almost anybody that would give us that word, I think Sean Williams is one of the most trusted and respected, classy leaders uh, in the history of the game. So there's going to be uh, some sort of celebration, I think, for these Hall of Fame members coming up. In the fall, that'll be announced at a later date. But it'd be nice to get a dinner and some acceptance speeches and, mm. and roll some video and tell some stories out of these guys.
1: Absolutely, and like I, I long to get back to the NLL Hall of Fame induction night. Like they used to do it around the awards and the draft. It was a big weekend. Like I'd really love to get back to that, where where they're doing that. A, a whole weekend, entry draft, Hall of Fame induction, awards night. But big spectacle, Brad. Like, let's. I know we're living in a pandemic world, and we have to change things. But we we need to get back to that.
2: I'd like to see it spread out, and I've been vocal about that here. Like, maybe don't do it all in one night. Maybe celebrate Colin Doyle at a Toronto Rock home game, and then celebrate John Grant Jr. at
1: Well, I think Rocky's they're going to do that. And that any, Colorado, I think the t- individual teams game. are going to do that, Brad. This, like, you know what I mean? I think it'd be, the, be nice to
2: be nice to bring those guys in and, you know, do a ceremonial face-off and and show off the Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah, and and they will. do that. Like, maybe... Teams will. I'd like like to see that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. teams will do that. I'm talking a whole kind of a league sort of uh, spectrum here, Bradley. Uh, I think... Are we good on on the big focus in quarter one? I think we're done here. Shall we move on?
2: Let's get to Sean Williams. Let's do it. Let's not keep the legend waiting.
1: All right, Jet is out on the tarmac. Willie 51 is waiting to, to hop aboard let's get to the second quarter lacrosse the nation whippy sean williams it's all next right here in lacrosse classified hey this is paul del monte commissioner of the wla you're listening to lax class with jake and brad your go-to source for all things nll and wla Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into quarter number two. Working our way to halftime here, and it's uh, time to go once again lacrosse the nation. Brad, let's head out to the tarmac. Uh, The flight attendants are waiting. The pilot, the jet's fueled up. Here we go. Lacrosse. Lacrosse.
2: i got my mini glass of champagne. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> Whitby, Ontario. This is lacrosse, the nation. What makes a hotbed a hotbed? Diving into towns across North America, really, to find out what makes lacrosse tick in those towns. The man speaking on behalf of Whitby, brand new national lacrosse league hall of famer sean williams played his major series lacrosse with brooklyn a couple man cups along the way obviously uh, all the accolades in the national lacrosse league coaching son dyson from the age of four all the way through the junior a now with uh, with whitby sean williams joins lacrosse classified sean how you doing
0: great fellas how you guys doing
2: Doing good. Thanks for doing this. Um, let's start with some geography. Like, we always confuse Brooklyn and Whitby and Oshawa Durham, and sort of lump in them well, into yeah. one yeah, yeah. region. How does that all shake <laughs> down for, for that and, and and lacrosse in general?
0: Well, I was, uh, I grew up in, uh, first off, I grew up in Scarborough. So I always call, joke with the uh, Peterborough boys that uh, I grew up in the real borough. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, I'm supposed to
1: say, like, sorry sorry to hear that. About Scarborough, oh, kids, yeah, no, kids, no,
0: <laughs> no, 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 lots of good history in lacrosse there, and then, uh, but my dad got drafted to to Brooklyn uh, back in '75, I think. So I was uh, I was a part of the Redmond tradition since I was uh, like one years old, and uh, slowly has you as you guys probably in, in BC is probably the same thing. But everyone out there goes east or west, and, and our family went east, and uh, Whippy was our next stop, and then uh, now we finally settled in Oshawa. Brooklyn was too expensive to, uh, to get a house for us. So we had to, uh, we're, we're about 10 minutes from Brooklyn right now. Okay. Brooklyn's so, a little, just a little nook on top of Whippy.
1: Okay. So yeah. Brooklyn's a little nook on top of Whippy, and Whippy and yep. Brooklyn are part of the Durham region. Is that? Yes. Uh, up, so yeah, yes. Okay. Gotcha.
0: A, yes. And I went to, yeah, I went to Pickering high school. I got a lot of, a lot of layers here. I went to Pickering <laughs> high and, uh, yeah. So I just kept getting further East and, um, uh, I'm almost in Brooklyn. A lot of my friends settled in Brooklyn, but uh, they're... they're uh, hey, I hear you, but, you of. know,
1: like, uh, I was a Coquitlam boy. There was no chance I was getting a house in, in Coquitlam, so I had, to, <laughs> I had to slide down the hill into Port Coquitlam to to pick up my That's shack. Right. So I hear you on that, and, and I find that interesting. Like, I mean, like, maybe it's not interesting, but, like, a lot of other lacrosse families or lineage, it, it comes from your father, right? And now your kid Dyson following Absolutely. in your footsteps. Um was that just a matter of you kind of hanging around the rink and going to practices and being out on the floor with your dad? Like it always seems Absolutely. to me, Sean, that, you know, the greats, the hall of famers, if you will, congratulations, by the way, I didn't get a chance to say that. Thank either. you very much. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. Well deserved brother. I, it, like the greats, the hall of famers, they always seem to be the youngsters hanging around their dads, ball boys to just in the locker room and all the rest of it. Just so much time spent around the rink and you're sticking your hand.
0: i tell you what, uh, yeah without a doubt that's true you know uh junior and I have lots of stories of us uh in Peterborough and in Scarborough um when my dad played for Scarborough after he left Brooklyn and uh you know the uh the parents would be up in the the booster club and we'd be on the floor in the dark playing one-on-one and then uh Kelly Vipon and uh that's Peter Vipon's son he was a great lacrosse player himself and uh like lots of lots of little one-on-one wars with each other while their uh, parents uh took care of things after the game
1: well tell me tell me about Peter Vipon because this guy is like a legendary like he's right up there with with I'd say Derek Keenan and Jimmy Bishop as far as being legendary coaches from that area absolutely. right yeah, absolutely. uh you know Billy Callan always used to tell me stories about the great Peter Vipon and I'm sure you got a good Billy Callen story for me as well but tell oh, yeah. me about coach and and what he instilled in your game
0: yeah you know what he was uh definitely a player's coach, and. Uh, he, uh, he just, he, he, just had all these little, just these little small things he would do. And, uh, he treated like a man right away. And, uh, but there's little, little small touches and, uh, you know, not the whole technical side, but just how to be, you know, how to be that, that man and that player is supposed to be for your team. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, I didn't really get to see, you know, so we had a couple of battles in the, in the late nineties till we got, finally got to that, uh, Man Cup and once in the Ontario championship, by he came he came to life real well and uh then we got to the manor and it was like, holy, he's got a lot of little he's got a lot of little hidden nuggets that uh, he brought about for us that to uh, help us on our on our journey.
2: The other sort of common thread we're finding with 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 talking to guys and figuring out what makes lacrosse tick in some towns um is the senior team the senior a team sort of sparking life in in the community and kids growing up going to Redmond games and seeing you guys on the floor. You know, paint the picture of what it was like, you know, playing for Red in the early days, and uh, you know what they meant to the community.
0: Well, you know what, it its its, it's unbelievable. Uh, unfortunately, like the once the Brooklyn got real big in uh, with when the gates came, and then they were on their run, um, they started playing out of Whippy. So it's, it's only like ten minutes away, but the the Brooklyn Arena just couldn't hold it anymore. The, the old Luther Vipont. Uh, Not a bad there. problem to have,
1: though. Hey Willie, like no, no, no.
0: So it was okay. Um and the floor is like it's tiny. So it's like you literally it's a it's a tough place of playing for uh for anybody, but uh, still a beautiful spot. That's where we always have our, our tryouts and stuff. Um but playing at Iroquois Park and uh for me especially like I started well ninety five I think was my first year in ninety six. Yeah, ninety five, I think. Ninety six. Anyways, you know, we're uh you're playing in the in the rank that you get to watch all the uh, you know, I went to all the Redmi games back in the day and then you're finally there and then you know, getting to host that uh, Man Cup in 2000. And actually, that's like the, the year my son was born. So he was there six or seven months old, whatever he nice. was. Um, so then getting to play with the Redmond. So, you know, 2016, I think, um, and having my kids um, being there the whole time and then all the kids that I coached. And then it was it's it's such a surreal feeling that, uh, you know, the community was always there. You know, Tuesday nights was the Junior A's and Wednesday nights was us. And then just getting to see all the uh, all the minor kids at all your games and all the junior games, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, speaking with Hall of Famer Sean Williams, that has a nice ring to it, i got to say, Willie. Uh, and, and let's talk about the Redmen here for a second because, as we know, now the, the team is called the Brooklyn Lacrosse Club. And I was talking to Jammer a little bit about the Redmen and the history and stuff, and he said, like, you know, it's a bit of a slang or a racial slur to, to call an indigenous person a redskin, right? So... I was kind of like, and the logo was kind of the Blackhawk, and I was like, he's like, no, that's not why they were called the Redmen. Originally, they were called the Redmen just because they had red jerseys, and that's how it started.
0: Yeah. You know, that's un- it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, it's just the way it goes, right? It's uh, They started that way, and then they obviously took on a couple different logos to go with it after after some time. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, part of life in society right now. You just got to do the right thing and make sure that uh, – you know, it's uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, more it's it's for people that would have no clue about the history, right. and they just look at it and go, Redmond, this is wrong."
0: Yeah, I course, mean, it right. was never, and I don't need to make never. light of
1: of using the word "redskin" because that's never a word I want to use. But I wanted absolutely to kind of make not. that clear of how that path went and, and why the change was made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that bringing that up. Thanks. Obviously, the junior A team has been
2: an absolute. Factory out of Whitby in the last full well, fucking more than more, more a decade now. Um, when did that program really start ticking in, in your eyes? And who were some of the guys that, that started coaching that squad to make that happen?
0: Well, you know what? It's like, uh, again, growing up, I, I, I didn't get to play junior here, playing against them. And uh, they went through, through some lean years, um, you know, back when, around my age. And then uh, Jim Bishop taking over with that Gavin Prout group and uh, Derek Sutton's and all those guys. And that's when they started back on their run. Uh, They had some good, great players uh, before that. Um, and There's lots of guys that I played with on the Redmen. And even in Scarborough, they came over before they made the Junior A jump. Um, And, uh, you know, so I think it was uh, Jim Bishop bringing bringing that back and getting that going again. And then obviously with uh, the run that Derek and uh, his boys had. And then I was hoping to get on that uh, same horse with, uh, you know, I still have four guys that I've coached since there were four. We're trying to piece that together and I'm trying to get a couple more guys that are on different teams and we're hoping we were hoping that, uh, we'd make a good little run here. And, uh, unfortunately with COVID we're kind of stuck, but you never know, right? we never know what's going to happen, uh, this year, maybe get a little bit of a season in and, uh, just to get, let those boys have a chance that, uh, playing for something right
1: yeah t- tell me about this sean because you you mentioned you've been coaching dyson and that group since they've been four years old and so what's that now like 16 17 years yeah, so 21
0: yeah Dyson's is 21 now and so then uh basically there's like uh there's lots of kids that uh the 99 group well, dyson's in 2000 and then you got the 99s that i've i've coached on and off right every other year and uh, there's a bunch of the bunch of those young men that uh, were chomping at the bit just to have a chance to compete with uh, with the boys, and we are we're, we're laying the grounds for uh, some good little good little runs here. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
1: And Brad always mentions that you know when we're talking to, to people in these hotbeds, one of the the common themes again is the star players, the pro players, the the senior A players giving back to the sport going back coaching the younger youth and this is something that you've been doing for a long time Willie and, and a lot of other guys do this in the whippy area as well
0: absolutely and that's I think it's just it's uh you know when we first we first uh, got Dyson in lacrosse and you you know my dad coached me the whole way so I thought that's natural but me I was like you know what let's just see what he does first and my wife just looked at me like you can't complain about any practice you see or something right and uh he was three at the time. He couldn't even put his helmet on, so he was done. So I was like, four. I said, "I'll start coaching you." And uh, lucky enough that uh, we had some good, great, uh, great teams. And uh, you know, it's just it was always. I try to treat it like my dad did with me. It was like either you know we have the dad talk and we have a and they have a coach's talk. There's always separate. You know, you're always proud, and but you always have points out that you can as as a coach.
1: How good's it gonna be, Sean? What's that? How good is Dice going to be? Is it going to be better than yeah. you when
0: it's all said and done? I always say it's, it's guaranteed. He's uh, he's going to be better than me for sure. Oh. He's uh he's uh he's actually, you know, it's funny because, uh, my, my wife, you know, she was a legit, uh, soccer player and basketball player. And she got his, uh, his, his height. And, uh, Long legs, and uh, yeah. you know, so he's like, he's got 16. your hands and your are bigger than me. Yeah. He's already bigger than me. is like, oh my God, <laughs> what I could have do with that body. Right. <laughs> it's like, Let's go. Yeah. No, would you he, want
2: to see him play Rochester, Buffalo,
0: wherever long- he lands? Yeah. Colorado, maybe. Yeah. If, wherever I am would be the perfect spot <laughs> 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 if I'm still involved. You think sure. he would
1: feel the same way? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he enjoys being coached by you.
0: Yeah. You know what? We've, uh, we, especially now as you're getting older and you, 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 you get to appreciate things more and you, 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 get it more, right. As you get older. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome, you know, it's, uh, and watching them, you know, become young men. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. And then you, you obviously coach them different as you're getting older too. Right. And you, you don't have to lean on them less. So you just gotta just say like, you do your thing and then just point out some stuff. Yeah. I think we're, I think I, I'm hoping he would say it's fine with me coaching them, but, uh, <laughs> We, yeah you
1: know, we had, we'll, have, we'll have him on the podcast one day yeah, Never yeah.
2: we'll ask him now we had dan teat a while ago talking to him similar story with, with jeff coming in and he's saying like you know it'd be nice to have him under his wing obviously but it's also nice to get some different coaching voices into his absolutely
0: head, you know? absolutely We're, and and for sure and that's and that's a great thing about our sport there's so many great people out there like you're gonna be in good hands no matter what but it's uh for a family thing it's like he would like to uh, you know you like to have that chance to, to, especially as he's coming in in the draft in a few years. It'd be nice to be a part of whatever team he gets to go to for sure.
2: Talk about the um, the house league system in, in Whitby. I think that's pretty unique across Canada. That there's not just a place for people that you know want to get into lacrosse but don't necessarily are ready to play B or A ball. They can get out there and, and play in a house league. I haven't seen that in a lot of organizations. You know much about that uh, that program.
0: Yeah. You know what? Uh, for, for, a long time, that's, that was a strength of, uh, of Whippy. Like we, we had so many kids in, involved and it was, you, you know, it, uh, and I, 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 truly believe that, that that's, that was a strength because you just, you had, we had, we have 13 teams, 14 teams at a lot Shoot. of age groups pumping wow. kids out. Right. And, uh, once you got to the, if you're an a, a club, you didn't have to play house league anymore when they're, when the kids were young, but, uh, you know, everybody still played and everybody was still a part of it. And we had lots of great coaches and, uh, yeah, they, they ran that really well. And I mean, like everything though, it, it kind of, that dies off and new sports come in and then, you know, like in our area, other, other, other centers come in. So it, it takes away from that, but, uh, they're getting it back going again. We got a lot of great people involved to, to really spark that again. Cause I think that is the most important thing for sure.
1: Speaking with Sean Williams Lacrosse the Nation talking Whippy and and one of the things I always like to ask Sean is you know I think part of a lacrosse hotbed being a lacrosse hotbed is having the facilities to make it a lacrosse hotbed and having the accessibility for kids to either find outdoor rinks to or outdoor boxes or bowls as uh, you guys like to call it back in mm. Ontario to go throw it around um, while they're not at practice or at games. And then you got the rink in, in Brooklyn and in Iroquois Park, of course. But give me the, the, the overview of the the facilities in, in the Durham region. How accessible is it for, for kids to get out and, and find a box to go play in?
0: You know what? Yeah, we are lucky because uh, there's not too many uh, centers that have any boxes anymore. And uh, Whippy has, uh, still has two outdoor boxes. Clarington has a couple. So, uh, and we're all close to them. And so you, you can get to, if you want to go shoot a ball around and feel like you're actually in somewhere, you can. And, uh, you know, I remember even as I was like a younger Brooklyn there, uh member, I'd be like, I'd, I'd just uh, go and you see the, the rink rat at Iroquois and like, he'd like, he just like, go ahead. So they, they, there's a lot of people that I love the sport that just say, Hey, you guys want to go on, go on and just, uh, just be careful. Right. And that's, that's Didn't cool. even
1: have to wear a helmet back in those days. No
0: right? chance. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Paint the, paint the picture
2: for us. So, someone's driving through Brooklyn, Whitby, Oshawa on a hot July day in the summertime, how likely are we to see someone with the lacrosse stick on a wall or in a bowl?
0: Oh, you're seeing it for sure. For, it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're still I think we're still a bigger hockey center. Um I think everyone's chasing that dream still, but uh you you see the lacrosse for sure. That, that's that's a really cool thing. You know, uh even I like I get I still get shocked coming out on my street cuz it used to be just with our kids playing out there on our court, but now I just saw another dad and a kid playing I'm like yeah, it's 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 there. It's it's cool. Really cool.
1: That's awesome, man. That's awesome man i'm drawing a blank on oh i want to ask you like i mean a long time there coaching you, you mentioned watching your dad play for years and years and of course he had a storied career in, in brooklyn as well give me uh craziest thing you've ever seen go down at iroquois park craziest
0: thing i've ever seen go down at Iroquois Park.
1: Well, i mean you had park. psycho mcmichael uh, prowling oh, around yeah. on the floor there i, I don't know maybe there's a- lots
0: there there's lots of those ones that's for sure um you know he was uh, he was a treat to watch. That's re- I got to watch him in Scarborough. He's a Scarborough boy too. And uh,
1: any like double yeah, some OT reason, championship games or <laughs> for
0: some reason Brooklyn loved the Scarborough boys. That's how my dad got there, and then they followed up and getting uh, Scotty and all those guys and O'Toole and Jeff Garland yeah. at Scarborough. Yeah. Um, one of the craziest things I think was uh, probably game. I don't know what game it was. It was in the Ontario final in 2000, and I remember uh, <laughs> there was a Kevin Dance got into something, oh, and uh, he fought, <laughs> but then he got kicked out, and, and it was mayhem-packed in, in Iroquois. And uh, all of a sudden, our uh, equipment manager who ran our Odor flipper, Flip Gay, he, uh, he was gone. Didn't know where he went, and all of a sudden, he came back, and he had a bunch of gashes and stuff, and he got into a fight, and he was trying to get at dancer. I don't know who he got into it with, but uh, he, he came around back to our bench, and we're like, what the hell? <laughs> How many is Iroquois park hold? Twenty five hundred. Uh, I think we're on those 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 Brampton uh, that series. We are probably getting close to three thousand. Like there's there's stories. Like I have buddies of mine that s- said they stood on a garbage can and literally like held each other. One guy could watch one end, other guy. It was unbelievable. Yeah.
2: We're gonna have you back on in a couple of months. To talk about your Hall of Fame National Lacrosse League or uh, Last- National Lacrosse League Sunday night. So man. Slow down, Brad. Slow down. We'll have you back in a couple of months to talk about your national lacrosse league hall of fame career we'll get into the mammoth and all that but i, I want to ask you um kind of off the whitby topic now as we as we roll along 2009 oh it's gonna bring that up i'm glad you New did year yeah year. yeah every time we talk to a guy that that's played in that series we have we you know jumbo and i were both there we know it's maybe the craziest series of all time you were the freaking mvp of that tournament and led it in scoring and everything um, what do you remember about that series? And was that for you the, the craziest lacrosse experience of your, of your career?
0: 1,000% 1,000% <laughs> you guys, you guys gave me goosebumps. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, I think it was, uh, we had one of our last shifts in the third period and I'm like, and it was just before the, all the timeout and all that craziness happened. And I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to myself on the way to the bench and I'm like, man, that was that was and I'm gonna swear, that was the fucking coolest thing you've ever been a part of. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're probably not gonna win this. But you, you gotta be proud. Like I'm trying to talk myself off this ledge right away because right. I'm like,
1: oh my god, this it's probably it's pretty much over, right? And then the flip then, side like I... Holy <laughs> shit
0: and I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. And it was like and then Carnegie gets his first goal of the year, Mikey Carnegie ripped it and like
1: And then you knew we you go. were like, winning an OT like, Yeah. Like, when he scored that. Like, and then,
0: then Brody didn't come off the floor, and we were all fine. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. No, I remember yeah. actually, like right after Game Seven, rushing down there after that. I still haven't heard heard. I don't know if you anybody back there has the DVDs. I'd love to hear hear that. Uh, no, one. I've
0: only seen a few things on okay. uh, YouTube, but yeah. uh, I, I think the biggest thing that we saw too was uh, a, a lot of uh, the New West boys that weren't dressed were getting their jerseys on ready to. Come oh on man. Man, so that was like no, the old karma thing, right? Yeah.
1: Like, oh, well, no, I remember you coming off the the floor there. Mm-hmm. I was down in the tunnel and you just like walked by me and were like, have you ever seen anything like that in your life? <laughs> and I was just like, no, like I had it no. in my mind as well. Like the 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 call I was gonna make for the Bellies 25th Man Cup. Like it was yeah. all in my head, 20 seconds away. Anyways, that's uh, Brad yeah. and I've been saying like a doc needs to be made of that series. Was, from start it, to finish. It was unreal. Yeah, spectacular. But for you to
2: have the for you to have the presence of mind. Like not, not many guys. I hope more guys soaked it in in the moment and went, oh my God, this I'm never gonna see anything like this again because that's. Yeah, I really think will make a memory of that.
0: No, for sure. I think I think just you know I'm definitely. Uh, old than some of the guys too so maybe like maybe some of the old guys thought that but not the young guys I, I don't know but uh man you got to respect that and that's if we're all the cross lovers like just to being a part of it yeah you know and I feel you, obviously I'm, I'm I'm so glad we're on that side of it and don't have to say oh that's the greatest thing I did but didn't win but uh yeah definitely glad I'm on that side of it but uh no to hats off to that new west team man, that was a, that was a unbelievable battle and an unbelievable place to play and uh yeah it was great
1: uh, i can I, I think dan richardson probably just turned off the podcast like hey willie man uh really appreciate you doing this like brad said we're gonna have you back in a couple months to talk about the hall of fame career but keep up uh the great job coaching and and uh man an absolute brooklyn legend and congrats again on the hall of fame man this was a lot of fun and, and appreciate uh everything that you do for our sport
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it, boys, and you guys are doing a great job, and thank you for having me. All right, Thanks, we'll Sean. talk hope
1: soon. You. We will talk soon. And a little Hall of Famer right there, Brad Challenger, Sean Williams. I love it. Has a
2: nice ring to it, and let's hope uh, that his whippy warriors can take the floor in some way, shape, or form here in the next couple of months, and, and Dyson can, can continue rolling with Oh, those, man, with the guy's
1: going to be a stud, like and, man, the Williams family might be one of the strongest families I know, wife Tamara, and, and everything they went through with Tucker and everything, man, like – the perseverance that family has had, and they just, like, they just stay so positive about it all, and one of the, the best things i ever seen was was how the lacrosse community rallied around the Williams family. That night in Buffalo just gave me absolute cheers on, on Tucker out lymphoma night, and, and they do it every year now for, for the Williams family, and man, I'm telling you, Dyson, like, <sighs> this kid is special.
2: You know they celebrate Tucker in, in Brooklyn too, and in Whitby. So it, to see the community again, we talk about great lacrosse community. They rally around a family. They come together. That's what that's what lacrosse is all about. Classy, classy ledge right there. Yeah, we're a couple ways from Dyson and uh, to the National Lacrosse yeah, League, but but look gets, out! Like, man. watch his Duke highlights from this year. Like he just had an incredible,
1: that's... incredible season. Absolutely, Willie. Like, trying to like surmise like what he was but like i he just did everything so well like he didn't really like he what didn't have like an overpowering shot and he wasn't like this spectacular feeder and he he was like really solid on ball but he was really good off ball as well like he he wasn't you know what i'm saying here Brad like he wasn't just like phenomenal at one thing he was really really good at a lot of things
2: yeah when i when i think back on my memories of him playing was just it's more like i was IQ. like a like a lady bing kind of guy you know like he was just complete class like never took penalties never yeah you know, always, like, always a captain or assistant captain i yeah, was never mouthy was never super scrappy but tough as nails yeah just played like real good clean lacrosse and yeah. they don't it don't make them like that all the time
1: Big fan of 51, and uh, can't wait to, to have a Hall of Fame conversation with him in a couple of months from now. So look forward to that. Look forward to halftime here. It'll be a quick one. We're coming back with quarter three. Quick sticks on episode 135. What, Brad? You got something?
2: Yeah, I got to sneak in. A...
1: Oh, yes, of course. We got to pay the bills here on Lock's Class. Thank you.
2: Before you go away, Jumbo, and take You're us. You're going please. away. Brick sticks. We're, uh, yeah, I'm going away. And summer solstice is almost upon us. June 21st. Summer's going to kick off here in a couple weeks. Um, that means you got to protect yourself. You need a cowboy hat. You need some protection from UV rays. Maybe while you're on the job site, maybe while you're camping, maybe while you're on your way to a lacrosse box to watch your kids play this summer or a bowl back east. If you need something to protect yourself, check out our friends, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Locally here, they're in Cloverdale at the corner of 180th and Highway 10, or if you're not from the lower mainland here in British Columbia, hit them up online, stampede.ca, because shopping online is
1: still... Shopping local. That's the great part about it, folks. You don't have to be... I was actually out in the Dale on on Friday night, drove past the big Stampede Tack compound. Unfortunately, they were closed, so I didn't have a chance to pop in, but I showed my daughter. I said, Maya, look... There's one of Daddy's sponsors right there. She goes, I want a cowboy hat. So now, I I probably shouldn't have done that because now I've got to buy her a cowboy hat. But uh, you can shop online. It's still shopping local. You support uh, local companies here in BC. It'd be much appreciated. And we thank them for their continued support. All right, now it's time for halftime, Bradley. Let's get to quick sticks. We're back after this. This is the GM of the New York Riptide, Jim Veltman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Class Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. We're back into the second half. We go here on Lacrosse Class 135. Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner, and the Vancouver Warriors with you as well. At NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram, VancouverWarriors.com on the World Wide Web. I hear that thing's pretty popular, Brad. The internet, they say it's going to stick around for a while. Check them out, VancouverWarriors.com, where nothing is offside, as we're about to get into quick sticks here, Brad. And as uh, we've done over the last couple of weeks, we start with signings. And since uh, the Vancouver Warriors are on, on the tip of the tongue here, Mr. Dan Richardson has been a busy man So let's start with Warrior signings right off the top here, shall we? Keegan Bell, Lyndon Buneo, Sam Clare, Tyrell Hamer-Jackson, Derek Lloyd, Tyson Rowe, Brandon Goodwin, uh, Mazone, Penn all get two-year deals. Keegan Ball, Jordan McBride, Justin Salt, Logan Schuss, and Eric Penny get one-year deals, all pending league approval there. Now... Uh, anything jump off the page to you, to you there, Brad, that you want to comment on before I move on? Uh,
2: the only thing I wanted to point out was Tyson Rowe, who I'm super stoked about. He was playing the best lacrosse. Like, he's been in and out of mm-hmm. NLL training camps, five games for the Stealth in 2018, four games for the Warriors in in 2020. I was just waiting for him to get into that lineup. And, uh, and when he did, I don't think he played himself out of it. I think he played the last four games, if memory serves. And he was playing some of his best lacrosse. Um in the last in the last couple games that he was in. I was like, Okay, Tyson Rowe has arrived. Um now another another, you know, year and a half removed from that. Let's see what he, he, he can bring. But I was super excited about Tyson Rowe and I'm glad to see that uh, that he's inked up. Among all those other guys, Christian Mizone had a good talk P L L shortly, but like Christian Mizone had some beauty inside goals and some deceptive shots for the Archers this weekend. Like he's gonna look this really fun to the Warriors
1: Jersey. Fearless. Fearless player, Absolutely like fearless. inside. Touchers, yeah, man? I think he's built for not the cool. box, that's man. That's, I, I really. That's do. how
2: they. That's how they make him. He's not the biggest, but he's gonna be. He's gonna be slick, and he's gonna be quick. Um, and guys aren't going to know what to do with him on defense. He's going to be super shifty. He's not going to stop moving, and he's going to be a good piece.
1: A lot of competition on that side of the of the floor as well. All right, here we go. Let's run it down from the top. These are all signings here, so stay with me. Tchaikowski and Rue for the Firewolves get a year. Sweeting for the Bandits gets a year. Getty for the Roughnecks gets two years. Nothing for Colorado, nothing for Georgia, nothing for Halifax – Bedore, Davis, Veltman get three-year deals. Adams, Clayton, Fox, Halftown, Longboat, and Peroni get two years. This is the Riptide, by the way. Philadelphia, good, leave. good to see Gussie back. Uh, signing a two-year deal with the Wings. French, Peon, Williams, Marr, and Maltz get uh, one-year deals. Panther City was inactive. Rochester, Ryan Smith, two years. Turner Evans, one year. Saskatchewan was busy as well, McClellan, Cornwall, that's Jeffrey, Bobby Kidd the third, Marshall Palace, Clark Walter, Moss all get two-year deals, Dilks gets a one-year deal, Kiernan, Garrett Tyler Garrison getting a one-year deal with the San Diego Seals, nothing for Toronto, and we mentioned the Vancouver Warriors, those are all your anything there, Brad, that they want to touch on?
2: Well, again, I wish we had more info on contract statuses of these guys because mm. I think, again, like we've been talking about with the rush and everybody thought that they were going to lose a bunch of um, understated free agents this summer. They still might. I think I think Cornwall and Dilks were part of that conversation. What? Um, I, both, I think it's – Cornwall is on the fence. But I don't, so that's what I don't know. I don't know if these guys were UFAs or RFAs. If they were UFAs, then that's big that the Saskatchewan rush are locking these guys up before panther city can get into their ear um and and to show that this core is back because there's a lot of teams that thought they'd be picking rush players off this summer and it, it's not happening right now
1: not yet uh still have the likes of kyle rubish chris Corbeil, jeremy thompson evan kirk i think mike messenger might be in that conversation so some big some big names for the rush. The to, ones. yeah
2: size of ones. But Matthews, Church, Dilks, and Cornwall. Good start. All
1: back. At yeah, the good start. No doubt about it. Congratulations to the University of Virginia, who go back-to-back, so to speak, here, Brad, with the year off. But Virginia is your NC2A Div 1 Men's Lacrosse Championships. I don't know if we mentioned RIT winning Div 3 or not. That was a heck of a game, Larson Sundown and the Tigers winning their first D3 championship. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I'm assuming it's Saudi. Is it just Saudi now? I don't know. Saudi Arabia, world lacks 70th nation to be welcomed into world lacrosse. That's pretty cool. Like 70 nations now playing the sport brand.
2: Saudi Arabia, South Africa earlier this year. It's it's booming.
1: Pretty special. Uh, Panther City and
2: if you were to the Olympics or in the next whatever they're gonna do, six V six, like yeah,
1: World Games, yeah.
2: It's gonna be a lot easier for Saudi Arabia to feel the team when you only need to bring Well that's 10 like the made that you know, that's is the a major
1: point. reason, Brad. The facilities, the accessibility and the ability for new nations to to pick up the game. That is one of the major, major reasons that they have shifted to this six on six format. And and I get it, I get it. Like and I want to keep an open mind and give it a chance. And again, we're we're gonna revisit this. I want to watch it for. I want to digest it before I, I really formulate an opinion on it. Panthers, what?
2: I I go back and forth with it. Like I know. Yeah, we want to see. We'd rather see box, box cross in the olympics paul rabel would rather see field across in the olympics but to make everybody happy around the world mm. which is the best thing to do it's it's a bit of a hybrid and yeah it's going to be fun it's going to be quirky it's going to be similar to rugby sevens like that's not the rugby that people in australia grew up falling in love with it's something different but it got it onto the world stage so if 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 6v6 is your gateway into the pll or the nll then then so be it
1: absolutely uh, Premier Lacrosse League kicked off this weekend, Brad. I got off my empty wallet and, and purchased the pass, checked out some PLL this weekend. It was good to see professional lacrosse being played once again, but a bit of a, a man, like I don't even know how to classify this story, Brad. And it's pretty serious stuff here. Austin Stotts and Matt Gadette getting into it somewhere at a hotel in Boston. And both are under investigation. Both are suspended indefinitely while the the discipline committee looks into this incident. But apparently, there was a bite involved, and this is this is out there. Like this is wacky stuff here with Stotts and Gooddett. And man, like I, I hope everybody comes out of this and everything's okay. But like this is concerning in in a lot of ways.
2: Like poor Audie Stotts can't stay out of shitty headlines over the last. Couple of years, you know, Yeah. and it's been frustrating because he's such an electrifying talent. And I hope, I hope he gets the help that that he needs to to sort of straighten Rain it just, in, yeah, his life out and and focus on the cross and none of the other stuff off the floor. You know, yeah. I thought moving to San Diego would do him it's a world of good. Of a
1: talent to let that go to waste, years. right? Exactly.
2: Like, he's got people rooting for him. Like they drafted him first I'm rooting for him. Patrick Merrill coached him in, in January. He knows all about him. So they're sinking their teeth into him in, in San Diego. But it seems to be when he's not in San Diego, that that trouble yeah. happens and it, and it sucks. And I mean, know, I love bad.
1: watching the kid play, Brad. Like, I mean, but now there's, my... there's, yeah,
2: they're saying that the, um, there was rumors this week too, that that blaze was involved in it. And that's kind of how it all got kicked off. Like, this is a beef that goes back to the a year. Yapping, now between yeah, yeah. that, like, let it, let it, let it die, man. Let it, let it, let it rest uh, A little bit of trash and, talk
1: that uh, got picked up on a hot mic Right And and it's just like it's gotten way Way out of hand And, well,
2: and Paul Rabel's got some big decisions to make Like I don't know if you're going to see Austin Stodd's and Matt Gaudet in, in the PLL yeah. Again like I know they'll probably Try to do the right thing and throw some resources At these guys to try to figure out what's going on In their personal lives Because I think the PLL has a support system like that I just don't know how you can let those guys back back on the field yeah, now with, yeah, I
1: might with have to and send travel them to
2: atlanta next weekend and travel them all around america this year it's going to be
1: very difficult to do yeah. uh so we'll keep an eye on that and and like i said i just i hope everybody comes out of that on the right side like i don't want to see anything like that uh go down pclc panther city lacrosse club announcing their scouts ken watson kyle goundry out here in the west and some guy named John Grant Jr. Uh, will be their, their Eastern scout, uh, <laughs> a bad little stable of scouts. Goundry, Grant Jr. and Watson will be the, the Panther city scouts. So nice little uh, pick Goundry. up there for hammer.
2: Gowns and TK head coach of the co-head coach, the Delta junior Islanders and played with TK in, in Calgary. There you go. So there's a connection there. and obviously John Grant Jr. And Tracy Koleski, best friends, uh, former business partners and nice to see junior he'll be involved in the game forever so it's nice to see that he's and he can't do any coaching
1: right because he's got his gig with hopkins but this is an avenue that that he can explore as far as that goes so so connected but you know as a scout so that's good for june good for panther city I, i think the guy probably knows a little something about identifying talent speaking of talent Lyle Thompson video coming out. His father ja, Jai, I want to say uh, J A I, producing out a video kind of of the connection to the sport that Lyle has and and growing up with it. This thing I've tweeted this out. It's a must watch. You need to watch this. De Dejuxeninde, Lyle Thompson. This video is sick. Have you've watched it? Have you not, Brett?
2: Yeah, I've watched it a couple of times. It just it's it exemplifies everything that lacrosse is everything lyle thompson is i love the footage of their box their lacrosse box and on a dog with grass growing in oh, like i've man. never seen a grass natural grass box so it's essentially just boards around a grass field but a lawnmower must get in there and trim all that back and like the visuals were stunning and lyle thompson is the face is the absolute face of lacrosse and he represents everything that we love about this sport and it was breath breathtaking filmmaking great storytelling uh, and a must watch
1: with that uh on on my mind here brad it is national indigenous month here and you know our country going through and i uh, man i have a hard time even thinking about it talking about it but i didn't mention it last week and and i it's because i really don't know exactly what i want to say or what the right thing to say is or i don't want to say the wrong thing you know what i mean on this and And that's referring to the the 215 children in Kamloops uh, found at at a former residential school. And, Brad, to me, like, this is just horrific, right? Like, it's it's disgusting, it's horrific, and and it's scary. And and why it's scary is because I think this is the tip of the iceberg. Like, I I know it is. They're going to find more and more and more, and this is going to be part of our nation's history it's I mean it's gonna be a dark black stain but it's something again that needs to be brought to light needs to be talked about needs to make people more aware of of what is what what the indigenous have gone through in their lives and this might be the most heinous thing out of it all children ripped away from their families to go into these schools and quote, Take the Indian out of them, and now we learn many of them just never even came home, and their families left wondering what happened to their children. Like I, and now we know they were buried, in unmarked graves around a school. Like I, it makes me so sick to even think about that. And and this this was happening like 30, 50 years ago, man. Well, in
2: nineteen ninety seven, I believe like, the last resident. Yeah. Its doors, scary. Canada.
1: Really, really scary stuff. And man, if there was ever a time to, to take some time and educate yourself on what the indigenous and our First Nations in this country have had to endure in their lives They just want to be treated like everybody else and equal human beings. And I don't think it's too much like many of these places they don't even have clean drinking water yet. And, and it it just it doesn't make any sense. So National Indigenous Month here take some time to educate yourself and and learn about these people because and and it's it's so important because of the connection that they have to the sport that we're talking about right now Brad it's their game right and and that's why this one hits home more more so than anything else
2: Yeah and one of the big things about residential schools and treatment of indigenous over all these years is they were stripped of their culture. And so when one of, I think the greatest cultural contributions from indigenous nations is giving the sport of lacrosse to the world. Yeah. I think it's our responsibility as, as fans and players and coaches and broadcasters to honor that as, as best we can and, and never take the history of this game for granted and always always by we've been fighting for years for trying to get maybe the Iroquois anthem played before a game and I know there's issues around that but getting uh, even getting an Iroquois flag put up in in arenas and and celebrating where this game came from more because that is how we celebrate and honor the culture um also just say I R S S survivor at I R S -S 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 survivor it is on twitter You'll get lots of great information. There's the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. Mm. They've got like step-by-step guides on how people can educate themselves. Certain awesome. online courses you awesome. can take. Places you can donate. Um, so we'll tweet that out for you guys on both of our channels. But that is a place to get a lot of information. Yeah. Um, you want to learn how to how to help in reconciliation and and honor their
1: culture. Yeah, just a little bit of respect. It's all they're asking for, and it's not too much to ask by any means. Uh, let's move along here on Quick Sticks. So we're 15, 16 minutes deep here, Brad. Still have lots to chew on here. I guess the, the BCJ and the XLL update can kind of go together here, Brad. I know, like, even the WLA talking with the XLL, BCJ talking with the XLL... And we're close to being able to play some games. I think the Junior A Lacrosse League wants to to fire up early July, and it sounds like maybe we might get some Senior Lacrosse under the XLL banner. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but things are are looking pretty positive in British Columbia to see some lacrosse this summer, and I think we might get going like early mid July and and get some semblance of a, a season or two here.
2: Yeah, I've I've heard that this could be the most exciting senior B summer in, in British Columbia in a long time. Cause a lot of guys who aren't playing uh, WLA cause they can't might become Ladner pioneers or play with the new West Royals or I'm here in, in North shore. I think I'm hearing there's going to be a few senior B teams that, yeah. Are going to be talked full of WLA? Does that compete with XLL? Well, like or are you guys I, think it, yeah, I think yeah, I think they're all
1: mean? yeah. I think everybody's kind of working in unison here to to try and make it happen. Whether it's played under the Senior B banner or the XLL banner, like whoever, whatever. I think it's just going to be one right. Like if there's two, if there's Senior A and there's Senior B, and it's played under the XLL, then it you know it's going to be XLL one and XLL two or whatever it is. Uh, whatever it is called, but I like I don't think there'll be senior A, senior B and XLL if you know what I'm saying. Right. So right. one one or the other. But so, there will be lacrosse. I, Whether we can watch
2: it, hopefully well, broadcast that's,
1: it. yeah, that that's that's in the works as well. Like I think if it's gonna be played and people can't go and watch it, then by hell or high water, we need to stream it so people can watch it because people are starving for lacrosse, man. So Stay tuned for that, and and like we'll we'll be cranking out information in the coming weeks on on a return to lacrosse here in British Columbia. Couple more quick sticks here, Brad. NLLPA, no longer the PLPA. Reed Reinhold, uh, Courier and the boys—they're changing things up. New website, new logo, and new handle here. It's now the National Lacrosse League Players Association, no longer the Professional Lacrosse league or a professional lacrosse players association so a little change up here just to kind of distinguish themselves and be more connected synergized with the national lacrosse league
2: yeah it's new blood it's a new era so those boys are those boys are making their stamp on it
1: i like it i like it nll 35 moments this week saskatchewan winning their third title in four years jeff shatler the mvp of that championship run over Rochester as they move to Saskatoon and win a title in their very first year there. And no looking back for the rush. Uh, easily could have gone four and four, but uh, Georgia snuck one in there. Three and four years, 35 moments, Saskatchewan rush this week.
2: Yeah, and they were all pretty special in their own regard, right? Like the Marty Dinsdale in Edmonton to mm-hmm. beat Colin Doyle's Toronto Rock, who stormed in that year. Um, the Jeff Cornwall goal. Oh man! Even the, even the series. You know they that's going to be on the
1: moments, the right?
2: Series they played against Georgia and how that ended. Like Ugh. they were all epic in their own regard, and we talked about it a few minutes ago. Like Sask still has the pieces to be to be dominant. So I don't I don't think that's it for this group. No me. I don't either. think it's, it's it was three of four, but I think it could be you know. Well, who knows, eight, right? Like
1: I mean, they, were, they were, yeah. Games, I mean they were they were playing well when when the break hit. Uh, a couple of years ago, as well. Last, uh, well, let's let's get this in first here. Lloyd Simons, who is an XL burnaby Cablevision Minto, I think a three-time Minto Cup champion back uh, in the late '70s with Burnaby. And I'll say this: he he had, like he's he's one of these kind of old-school guys that think the game was better when it was three lines and wood sticks and no face masks and small nets and all the rest of it. Um, Came up with this idea, and normally I, I don't agree on a whole lot of things with Lloyd, but this one caught my attention here, and check this out. He says, Peterborough should have a CLL, Canadian Lacrosse League, as well as Victoria, New West, Calgary, Saskatoon, Brampton, Six Nations, and somewhere in Quebec, possibly Halifax as well. Played this league for three years. I guarantee it will work Run it from May to August, eight-team league, all wood floors, no quiet carpet, top 160 players in the country, and they play for the Man Cup. Players live in their cities, and revenue share for all the teams. Now, this idea is out there, right? Like, it's out-of-the-box thinking, but can you imagine, like, a Canadian Super League of the best team so you know you put in your victoria your new west your coquitlam your peterborough your six nations your brooklyn your what whatever you want to do add in a couple other hotbeds around around the country and a canadian summer super league that plays for the man cup what do you think
2: well it doesn't it just sound like what's already happening
1: it just sound like
2: the
1: west a little the Man bit. cup. like we already
2: have teams in all those spots they're all really good teams yeah you might just cut out the bottom the bottom feeders the revenue sharing would help because you couldn't have you know Peterborough six Nations Victoria and and you know whoever out west yeah. is is loading up that year to to run things so I do like that aspect of it I do like putting teams in Alberta and Saskatchewan and really stretching it across the country I would love to see senior 18 like sask like those Edmonton miners
1: Oh, they're a senior. They aid can team. Com- Saint Albert? They can compete
2: with almost every. Yeah, they can compete with almost every senior A team in the country. So it's unfortunate that they don't get to compete for a man cup. I'd love to see if they would be able to do that and how and how that would formulate one day. Yeah. So I get where he's going. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's but there's, there's also some, valid- there's some validity to enough? it and, and a little
2: bit of it's y- already though. Like yeah. do we need we don't need another league. Yeah. So if everything <laughs> folded, if major <laughs> series and WLA were like hey, we're done and something else combined the two, then sure. But we don't need more leagues, and God knows what kind of rule book Mr. Simmons wants to put them under. Uh,
1: now, I just kind of accidentally deleted something a little too quick here, Bob. The last thing I had on my quick sticks list here, and it's something we forgot to mention last week, talking about the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame induction. We went Oh, through... you almost
2: forgot it again, didn't yeah. you? I almost,
1: almost did. <laughs> We went through all the players and all the builders, but of course there is a team entering the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame as well. The senior A, Salmon Bellies, 19—well, it's a, it's a decade, really. Is that right? A decade worth of Bellies teams going into well, the, the—
2: ten ten the 10 years of the Burnaby Lakers went in a couple years ago. Tell so, yeah, right? fair
1: enough. Uh, Nineteen eighty to 1989 Samabellies are going into the hall of fame and uh man some great names and players on those teams including the likes of of wayne goss and the tasker brothers eric Cowison, toddy lorenz jordy dean who else was on those teams brad am i missing anybody that uh, might have might have played on those I think
2: it might have been a, a a hiked up sock grizzled <laughs> defender yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, my backdoor guy. Uh, yeah, right. Right, might run the Vancouver Warriors now in one. In one, Dan Richardson, who's also <laughs> right. now yes, guess, technically the Canadian lacrosse. Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, yeah.
1: Uh, can't take it away, man. Uh, a decade worth of Belly's teams going into the, the Hall of Fame, including uh, one Dan Richardson, so, who was on those teams. Congratulations
2: to my boss at the Vancouver Warriors, Mr. Dan Richardson, and to everybody else on those on those Belly rosters. Uh, that That's a lot of players that uh, over that nine-year run that suited up for those guys, but but what a run that was. Like Guys wanted to play for the New West. They still want to play for the New West, Mr. Salmon Bellies, but it was teams like that that created that legacy.
1: Oh, an players. absolute dynasty, man. Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, that was
2: only one of their dynasties. Like there was multiple multiple <laughs> Canadians of lacrosse,
1: right? Well, yeah. Multiple dynasties. 24 of them Brad, nobody's got more than the New Westminster Sandbellies. Uh so congratulations, congratulations to, to them. You know, and that
2: might smooth over the 2009 talk we I know, I hope
1: so. I hope so. I, I know that was I mean it's still painful. It is uh man that was a lot of quick sticks brad we still got one quarter to go here on lax class 135 stampede stallion of the week is next right here on the lacrosse flash podcast network
2: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Brendan Bombery from the Georgia Swarm and Iroquois Nationals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box
1: lacrosse. Welcome back. Fourth quarter action is a go. Well, not quite. I'm gonna tell you about Associated Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth and the gang there in Coquitlam, over 40 years of experience, family-owned, focusing on ethics, quality, and leading the industry when it comes to labels and packaging environment. Always on the top of the mind of the folks there at ALP. Find them at AssociatedLP.com or at AssociatedLP. Check, I'm telling you, check out the blog. It's updated regularly. All the latest features, techniques, all of it uh, there on the blog. And it's an interesting read. Like, I'm not even kidding when I, when I say that. I'm not just saying that because I'm paid to say that. I'm saying that because I really... Believe it. Fourth quarter action, Brad. Uh, it's time for the head for the stables. Let's saddle up. <coughs> We have reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stables here and are fit to announce our, or this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. I believe it is my selection this week, Brad. That's correct, right?
2: You get to be the jockey this week. <laughs> yes,
1: the tra- up Stampede the trainer. The trainer. Uh, yeah
2: billionaire billy, owner of these thoroughbreds
1: billy bafford or something like that uh at age 35 actually it's celebrating a birthday i want to say tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow for this man he he's gonna turn a year older. yeah six to 198 pounds at a saint Catharines, ontario and one of the best Shot blockers our sport has ever seen. Stops along the way, starting back in 06 with the Philadelphia Wings. High draft pick was Ian Lord, who was our Stampede Stallion of the Week. Buffalo Bandits, Rochester Nighthawks, and now back with the Philly Wings in 2021. So what are we talking here, Brad? Like 15 years in the league for Ian Lord. And when I think, like, if I had to, like, Clydesdale is this the kind of horse I'm I'm making Ian Lord if I had to pick a breed.
2: Yeah, Clydesdale, you know, big, solid, never really gets hurt, puts himself on the line every single night. 203 games, so that's up there, man. Like, if you Two, press yeah, 200 in the National Lacrosse League, you are a beast. There's not a lot of people that can say that, you know? And... Think about okay. So you mentioned he came from Saint Catharines. He was part of that like Matt Vince, yeah, um, Corey Small era of Minto Cups, uh, Craig Kahn, yeah, that that group that won Minto Cups. So I think he's got Minto Cups. You played with the Rochester Nighthawks for the latter half of their dynasty, winning cups in in thirteen and fourteen. Uh, stops in you mentioned Colorado and Philadelphia recently, but and then Man Cups with Six Nations, like winner Minto's Man's and. NLL titles. Like he's probably got a ring on almost every finger
1: by now. Absolute weapon, man, they're and like, like
2: very Rory, Rory Smith like in that. Like, and they played together for for a lot of their for a chunk of their career. Well, I
1: tell you what, though, like as far they're as
2: similar to have those two guys out there throwing their gloves up and jumping in front of shots and oh, soaking them. And
1: I've never seen a guy block shots like Ian Lord. Like, I you know Rory was really good at. Even Hotsby uh, is is really proficient at. But Ian Lord. Like intentionally blocks shots with his body, and you just don't see guys like intentionally get in the way of a hundred no. mile an hour ball flying at you.
2: No, it, and it's it's wild. You know, I'm seeing more guys doing it in the PLL right now, and yeah. without. And there's a lot of talk about them actually starting to wear, you know, chest protectors and kidneys and stuff in the PLL because that's becoming such a big part of the game for, for some defenders. Yeah. Um. So we're seeing a bit a bit more of it but yeah this guy's soaking 100 kilometer an hour rubber balls
1: on on the
2: nightly in the national lacrosse league so. a
1: thousand shooting percentage in in 2012 2013 one shot on goal one goal not bad beauty i uh, scored yeah.
2: in the last three seasons but <laughs> paul day's got a nice veteran yeah, hey, he is not back there, there. When take the field.
1: he is not there to score goals i can tell you that uh ian lord Welcome to the Stable. You are this week's Stampede Stallion. How many total do we have in the stallion or the Stable now? Can you count that up? Oh, you count that, count that up. up. I'm going to let the people know in the meantime. Fill
2: some, some hot air for a second. Yeah, I'll give you I will.
1: <laughs> Absolutely will. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that wherever you listen to your podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, just hit that subscribe button. Throw down a review as well. That helps... Uh, increase our listenership our engagement all that so throw down a review on the podcast as well don't forget to follow us on social media I am at PXP for sports PXP the number four sports Brad is at Brad Chell Instagram the show is at lacrosse classified on Twitter it's at laxclass we got a Facebook page as well lots happening over on the Facebook page and of course we have the email for you non-social media people whoever you are lacrosse classified at gmail.com is how you can reach us via email lots of different ways to do it please get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you if you got a suggestion on lacrosse the nation or anything you'd like to hear on the show guests whatever or you just want to you know talk to somebody you can slide in the dms get at us we'll we'll reply we promise brad did you
2: 34
1: okay so we're, we're coming up on two rosters here and then we might have to have like a little draft and do something fun like that
2: or yeah maybe uh put a team together yeah breaking into two teams and vote or something I don't know uh, yeah, yeah we' gonna run it we've wanted to run it right until well actually we'll keep running it maybe when the L season kicks off we'll have to figure it out maybe it's gonna be then a stallion of the week and it's someone who had a had an active week I like
1: national it national I like it yeah a, I like, think there's there's lots of love to be spread as far as stallions go around the national across League so uh yeah I think we're gonna keep this thing rolling for a while but uh, as far as the podcast goes, I think we'll shut it down now after that. You good?
2: Yeah, I think we can wrap her up. I've got two more PLL games to watch. Okay. I'm, uh, Water yeah, i Water Dogs lose, I, by I, the way. I successfully. Have- <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Thanks. I've done yes! so well. I've done so well <laughs> muting everybody for the last three days. I knew it. I knew it. I got my, I knew- Sunday, my Sunday back-to-backs. I knew it. Okay, knew- so watch... I'll go watch the woods then. Yeah, I
1: won't. I knew I you had to. that play though? I won't ruin it. I won't ruin that one for you. But okay, uh, Thank you. I know
2: I, that's why I disappeared off the chat this weekend. Oh, like, is I that okay. I got, well, I got well. two kids. I watch my games at like twelve o'clock at night or five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and All right, that,
1: I won't do that again. Well, maybe I will, but I won't this week. Uh, big thanks to Sean Willie Williams for coming on the program, talking whippy and lacrosse the nation. Our sponsors, of course, Stampede. Ta- we forgot to do a Stampede read as well, Brad. Just going to thank my sponsors, and I forgot. So I'm going to let you know here before we go. May long weekend is not what I want to talk about because <laughs> in June right now. But I will just say this, Brad, and and I've said it many times: jeans, boots. Belts, hats, buckles, chaps, saddles, bridles, bolas. You name it, they have it. They're in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. They're probably not going anywhere anytime soon. Corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Kevin Michael Winkler out there at Stampede Tack and Western Wear has what you need. If you're not local, you can still shop local at Stampede.
2: Stampede.ca. No. Stampede.ca. They scooped that up. Stampede.ca. Excuse me. Yeah. That must have been an early days URL grab by the crew out there. So so congrats to them. 1966
1: man. Well, when was the internet? I don't
2: know. The internet was around that long, but uh, they got on they got on it early.
1: Smart people out there at Stampede and and I guarantee you'll find something that you love, and you're gonna buy something. Stampede.ca. Shopping online, still shopping local. Okay. Uh, for the Vancouver Warriors, associated labels and packaging, thank you for your continued support as well. And thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. We'll be back next week, every week, right here on the home of Lax Class, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Brad Challenger, i Jake Elliott for the Fastest Game on Two Feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, stay classified.